Welcome to the Not Just a Pony Ride podcast, presented to you by Hetra University. If you've landed here, you're probably passionate about how horses help people. This podcast is for anyone who helps others experience the benefits of horses or those who have experienced it themselves. If you're in the equine assisted services industry, we're here to help you. If you're here just to learn more, you're in the right place. Welcome to your community of like-minded people where you will hear stories, education, science, and explanations about how what we do is so much more than just a pony ride. And now, from the Hetra campus in Gretna, Nebraska, here's your host, occupational therapist and CTRI, Katie Ott. Hey, hey everyone, welcome back. Today we have Lucy on from Hetra, and she is our grant manager full-time. She eats, sleeps, and breathes grants, and she's gonna share with us her creative tactics in finding the grants to apply for, which is, we all know, the first part of the battle that we must forge in finding funding for these incredible centers of ours. So stay tuned for that. Just wanted to give you a couple of reminders uh, of things happening at Hetra University. Last week, if you didn't listen to the episode, I dropped a bomb of some really exciting stuff happening at Hetra University, and that is... Hetra University Live. That's right. It's happening February 15th and 16th at our barn here in Gretna, Nebraska. We're going to bring you some super engaging content that is hands-on and really just like those topics that you can't really learn by just sitting in a PowerPoint presentation. You know what I'm talking about. It's like saddle fit. You really want to put your hands on it and feel it. Um, horse and rider movement analysis. We get to watch live, you know, riders up on horses and and look at what's going on and how do we manipulate that movement and really get to see that all in person. And then live adaptive riding sessions are going to be happening at Hetra the way it is every day. And you're going to get to watch some of that. So it's going to be a great time. But as a bonus, it's all happening right before the PATH International Region 7 Conference that is also hosted at Hetra. So a jammed pack weekend of CEUs and really just the bottom line, just education that is really hoping, we're hoping that will make our industry better as a whole. The more educated we are, the better we are for our participants. So get involved. It's only $50. That's it. $50. And it's $40 if you're a paid Patreon subscriber. So um, get that money off and go over to Patreon. We have all the details on the pre-conference Hetra University Live and the Region 7 conference over on our website. So click on the link in the show notes to get registered and we'll see you in February. Enjoy this episode. Welcome to the show, Lucy. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Okay. So tell everybody, this is not the first time you've been on the show, um, but to remind everybody um, who you are and what you do for Hetra. Yeah. So my name is Lucy Sharbot and I am the grants manager as well as a certified therapeutic writing instructor for Hetra. So I've been here four years now and I manage my our entire grant process. So everything from applying to reporting, um, you know, you name it, finding new grants. That's kind of what I've been doing for the last four years. And then also uh, teach in the arena. So that's kind of my, um, just a great way to stay connected to our mission and gives me a great understanding of what we do in terms of applying that towards grants. So that's a little about me. So your like full-time job with the exception of teaching is 
is really just managing that entire grant process from start to finish. Yes. Okay. Correct. So we did a, um, episode kind of like a general, like all things grants, I think mm-hmm. is when you were on with us the first time. So I will, um, if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to it. I will link that in the show notes, um, so that you guys can go back and listen to that. But what we really want to target today is the process of finding good grants to apply for. Cause I feel like that's, I mean, the, really the first battle that you have, right? Mm-hmm. You can't think about how to write a good grant, you know, and how to get the funding if you can't even find the grant in the first place. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited today to hear you talk a little bit through your process in finding grants um, and kind of how that works for you. So yeah. however you want to start, what's yeah. your like favorite way to find grants that are applicable to us? Yeah, so I will just be honest and say, I just never run out of grants to apply for, <laughs> right. but we certainly, I certainly do that from time to time. So mm-hmm. I kind of the first thing I'll say is one of the main things that I do to look at new grant opportunities is I will look at people who have funded us in the past mm-hmm. and haven't funded us in a few years. So those are kind of a lot of the ones I'm going after right now. Mm-hmm. So I know there's a lot of smaller EAS organizations out there who might not have built as big of a like database of those types of opportunities. Yes. Yes. But looking at people or organizations who have funded you in the past and going back to them, I Mm -hmm. think that's really important to look at Um, because just because somebody stops donating doesn't mean that maybe they have enough funds to donate to you in the future. So that's one of the main things we look at. And then what can be really helpful to do as well is looking at similar organizations. So it doesn't have to be another EAS organization, but looking at other organizations that support animals. So like humane societies in your area, obviously other EAS centers anywhere throughout the nation, but a lot of anywhere local to you is going to be the best to look at. And then hospitals and nonprofits where Um, they're also serving individuals with disabilities or mental health conditions. Those are some really good places to look. So what our CEO and I have done in the past is looking at those annual reports for other organizations and seeing if, and from there, seeing the organizations that supported them and then doing research on those organizations. So how do you find... How do you walk me through a little bit like how you find out, like, let's just say, for example, who funded the, you know, Nebraska Humane Society Mm -hmm. in 2023 or 2022, I guess. We'll look at the previous year. How would I go about doing that? So most organizations have their final or annual reports somewhere on their website. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing I do is look on their website for an annual report and you won't see them every single time and it just depends on what their website is like Mm -hmm. but if so that's kind of a 99% I'd say sure way of figuring that out okay and then if you're just around places like another nonprofit or humane society if you see signs recognizing an organization it's kind of a good thing to jot those down and research on Mm. because I know Edie our CEO has done that sometimes so Mm -hmm. Yeah, those, those are, are all good ways. Right. What other information can you find on those reports that might be helpful to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in terms of the 990, 
great to look up other nonprofits or organizations that have been funded, but I'd say another great way to use GuideStar and look at those 990s is for actual foundations or organizations. So say you have a foundation in mind, you're just not sure if they're going to support. So something you'd want to look at them supporting would be like human services, healthcare, people with disabilities, animals, those kinds of things. So having those things in mind and then going to their 990 and see who they've donated to. So looking at the names of those organizations Mm. and looking at, does this foundation support general operating or is it actual programming? That's all great background knowledge to know Mm -hmm. in terms of figuring out if you would qualify to apply for them. Right. So I like that kind of looking at it from both perspectives. So not only do I want to look up you know, the Nebraska Humane Society and see who funded them this year. That's great. But then I also want to go on, you know, GuideStar to look at that. Say it was the Jim Bob Foundation (laughs) funded them. I also want to go to the Jim Bob Foundation and see, you know, who they funded and what types of funding they provided to see if you qualify further, you know, kind of a next step sort of thing. Yes, exactly. So what is GuideStar? Oh, so GuideStar... (laughs) is basically a website where you can look up almost any nonprofit organization and just depending on how much information they provide, there will pretty much always be a 990, at least from a couple of years ago on there, but Mm -hmm. other information they provide, just depending on the organization, Mm -hmm. they can provide a list of their board members, a list of their staff members. It's just mainly, for me at least, the number one use is finding those 990s. But mm-hmm. um, so that's definitely a website that's super useful and it's free. You just need to create a login in order to access those 990s and just be able to search organizations. Got but it. definitely a great idea to join. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Especially if it's free, like for us nonprofit folks that need to find resources in a, in a, um, financially <laughs> responsible way yeah. because we're looking for funding, right? Yes. Um, so tell me about, do you have any other resources? Isn't there another website you use quite a bit? Yes. So one that um, I haven't used it a ton, but uh, a couple of our other staff members have is called GrantStation. Mm. And so that I've used it a few times. I won't say I am the expert, but from the times that have used it. So what you can do is you can go in there and search for grant opportunities. And how you can do it is you can search for any foundation you want, but you can also filter it by your area and then your cause. So I believe there's a way to filter it by like you want to search for a grant related to animals or a grant related to healthcare, or human services. You can search just through those filters on mm-hmm. that. So that is a great one. I think, I mean, if you're an organization kind of starting from scratch or Mm -hmm. you're a new organization, I think that's something that would be really helpful. And if you are a member of PATH, then you can get a free membership actually to that. Otherwise, the membership costs otherwise? Yes. yes. So you do have to pay, um, I think it's a hundred something to have a membership But if you're a PATH member, then you can get a free membership. So I definitely recommend that for anybody who's a PATH member, any organization that's a PATH member. Right. And I'll provide you with the link to that. Awesome. So there is a 
page on the path website that says how to access that, which mm-hmm. I will have Katie link in the show notes. Love that. Very good. Um, so I have a question. Yes. I go on to grant station and I search, um, let's just say I searched like grant opportunities for people with disabilities. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it comes up probably with, I'm guessing a lot of results. So how do I go about like narrowing down that result, you know, field or Mm -hmm. deciding like, you know, this, this pool is going to be, you know, gigantic. Yeah. How do I, how do I know that I'm going to get the most, you know, opportunity for my efforts in writing this grant and Mm -hmm. that kind of a thing? Yeah. So I think the best thing to do and the ones I try to go for are grants that are local to our area Mm. because you're going to have much less competition and it's more likely that you're going to find a connection to that organization in terms of a board member, um, you know, knows about us or is a friend of one of our board members or Mm -hmm. a volunteer has a connection to them. Like that's going to be your best bet. So those local foundations that Support animals, support people with disabilities. Veterans, mental health. Yes, exactly. That's going to be your best bet. I will. um, I had a really good conversation with a um, foundation, a couple of foundations, actually, kind of on that topic, um, being funded and kind of opportunities within your community um, for funding. So I will link those episodes in the show notes as well. So scroll down and listen to those. Um, if you're interested in kind of that foundation piece of things. Um, but let's talk really quick about kind of those things, like what keywords apply to us because Mm. us, we know that EAS centers, you know, therapeutic writing centers, there's not a lot of specific grant opportunities that, you know, someone's not knocking on your door saying, I have a grant, for exactly what you do. And I want to, you know, give you the money. Mm -hmm. So how do we expand our, you know, search criteria, if you will, um, to see, you know, more opportunities? Yeah. So I think you definitely need to look at the programs you're offering and go from there. So like, are you providing therapy? So do you have therapists on staff? Do you have mental health professionals on staff? Do you offer educational programming in terms of um, equine-assisted learning or going out into the schools with mini horses like we do. Because I'm already... life skills. Like, I'm already thinking about, like, a ton of opportunities just in those ones you mentioned. Like, Mm -hmm. if you have therapists, you might be eligible for, like, healthcare grant, you know, different types of healthcare grants. Exactly. If you have mental health, you know, services, there's a ton of mental health opportunity out there right now. Um, Oh, schools. That's an interesting perspective too, like EAL, because I'm sure there's a lot of um, funding out there for like, um, what is it? That's like education for um, um, people that are in like a rural community or people that are difficult to reach or, you know, like, um, Mm. what's the word I'm looking for? You probably know the, yeah, like underserved populations, that kind of a thing. Um, Anyway, continue. I was just thinking about that. Yeah. So those are all great keywords to search for. If you serve veterans, definitely look for veterans grants. Um, How do you find um, grants specific to like, what if I have a center that I do, I do adaptive writing, mm -hmm. um, you know, or that therapeutic writing and I don't, we don't have therapists or mental health or we don't do a ton of EAL or that kind of thing, but we really truly just have an adaptive writing program. 
what kind of keywords or what grants would you recommend for that? Yeah. So I would still, so I would look at definitely like special needs, people with disabilities. And then I think that would fall under human services, or at least that's where I would put it. Mm -hmm. I've categorized adaptive writing as human services several times. And then a lot of grants that support people with disabilities have their own category for recreation. So Mm. that's how I kind of categorize it sometimes, or sometimes they'll look for adaptive sports. That's another thing you could search for Mm. because you could definitely qualify adaptive writing as either of those things. Yeah. So when you say human services, what does that typically, what does that mean? What does that typically entail? What other types of organizations might apply for that? So, I mean, it's, a really broad category. Mm-hmm. If you're asking me, a lot of times they call it health and human services. So any okay. kind of healthcare could fit under there. Mm-hmm. A lot of times there'll be separate categories. Like there'll be one for health, one for human services, mm-hmm. any adaptive sports, mm-hmm. anything that's a service that's serving the betterment of humans. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so basically the idea is that I, um, there are so many ways to find good opportunities that aren't limited to just specifically what you do. Yes, exactly. There's not a ton out there who are specifically that for that. Mm -hmm. So you kind of have to go about it a little creatively. Right. (laughs) This episode is sponsored by Freedom Writer. Freedom Writer's mission is to provide safe, top quality tack, supplies, and resources for writers, horses, instructors, and trainers. Starting in 1996 as a catalog of hard-to-find specialty items for therapeutic riding and driving, this company has grown to include more items for therapeutic riding, hippotherapy, and able-bodied riders of all disciplines. By working with select manufacturers, specialized craftsmen and women, and actually developing their own products based on customer needs. This store carries everything from hard-to-find adaptive tack solutions, saddles, all different kinds of reins, educational books and curriculums, fun equipment like rings, bean bags, sensory items, and so, so much more. Check out Freedom Rider and all they have to offer at www.freedomrider.com. Let's see. So I think a great way to go about, you know, once you have an organization in mind that you want to fund, um, that you want them to fund you, is looking at social media and Mm. following them on social media and then joining mailing lists once you've found an organization that interests you. And so speaking of mailing lists, I did want to mention that GrantStation, you are able to join their mailing list for free. And every once in a while, I feel like it's at least once a month, they send out a list of grant opportunities and then they'll categorize them as local, national, and federal. So You definitely want to look at those local ones first, I'd say, having the most likelihood of um, funding you. But definitely those national and federal ones, still take a look at those. Mm -hmm. Um, And so not every organization is going to have social media or mailing lists. Some of them are much more private. So, I mean, just because they're not out there on social media doesn't mean we should give up, you know, (laughs) so sending a letter of introduction to them or just kind of periodic updates of what you're doing. Always a great idea. Kind Um, of stay in front of those 
funders a little bit, yeah. even if even if you haven't applied yet or, you know, you're planning to or they haven't funded you in a while. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yes. So on that note, what Hetra does is we even so places that haven't funded us yet that we have we think have a chance of funding us places that have funded us into a in the past that we'd like to come back and ones who funded us um recently mm-hmm. or currently we have a separate mailing list for them that is just updates about our organization yeah. so we're not asking for money because a lot of these places people ask for money and they'll do the final report and that's all you hear from them but mm-hmm. we're really here to cultivate relationships not just ask for money and say goodbye. <laughs> right. And yeah. that um that podcast that I had with I believe it was with John um Levy we talked about the importance of building that relationship mm-hmm. and how much that really does make a difference when um you know when funding becomes available uh they're you're on the forefront of their mind or mm-hmm. when your application comes across the desk they get warm fuzzies <laughs> instead yeah. of who the heck is this person, right? Yeah, yeah. It can be intimidating to try to like build a relationship in that way but it is really rewarding just in terms of meeting people who are so passionate about what you do so you can't Mm -hmm. do that unless you put yourself out there that's right that's right (laughs) especially in a way that's not always asking for money Mm -hmm. so then the other thing I wanted to mention is just looking for connections within your volunteers staff and Mm. board members for foundations you can apply for so looking at the workplaces of your board members and your volunteers can be really helpful because there are so many, especially businesses local to Omaha that have a foundation connected to them. So Mm -hmm. if, I mean, and that's one way that can be great just to search for grants, even if you don't have a connection is to search for businesses and then see what businesses have foundations associated with them. But if you have board members or a staff, or volunteers or board members who um, have specific connections either mm-hmm. in that way or maybe they are a board member somewhere else. Maybe they know a board member somewhere else or a staff member. Yeah. Definitely a great way. So what I would suggest is every time you have – and I would expect that people would certainly collect um, – Employer information. Yes, yeah. on board members, but – I think on volunteers, as long as they're willing to provide that, Mm -hmm. just keeping in your system where everybody works is a great way because a great way to find grant opportunities. Because so often I've kind of looked through our database of where these volunteers Mm -hmm. work, where might we have a connection to, and you never know what you're going to get. That's (laughs) right. I remember um, we were working, you were working on a grant or we were looking for some opportunity and I remember asking, being asked in staff meeting, do we know any volunteers that work at UPS, <laughs> you yes. know, or the, that kind of thing? Because, you know, if you have that connection, then you are become eligible for, yeah. you know, maybe a grant that they're offering or, a you know, a donation or something that they're offering. So mm-hmm. I love that you mentioned that. That's And I don't yeah. think that's something a lot of people think about, especially yeah. with volunteers. Yeah, exactly. Got to use all the connections we can find. That's right. That's right. How have you grown in that, you know, in in cultivating grant opportunities in that since you've been at Hetra for the last four years? I think what we've developed with our donor cultivation program has been huge in finding new grant opportunities and just building relationships. So just sending out those updates about 
what we're doing, sending out our annual report. Mm -hmm. Soon we're going to be sending out just a little slideshow of our year in review. I think those are really important just to show what we're doing because people might not have any idea what Hetra is or what we do Mm -hmm. (laughs) if we like just start sending things to them. But slowly, if they see that we have a connection, I think that's great. And then, I mean, a lot of it has just been staying organized. So just marking things on my calendar to look and go back um, at certain grants that we applied to last year, even if we got denied last year, Mm -hmm. looking at them again and just not being afraid to go after some of those larger grants. So like United Way, for example, at least when I first got here was a really difficult application, but Mm -hmm. just not shying away from those things. Yeah. I think is really important. Um, and it definitely gets easier the longer you do it because you mm-hmm. build that database of like data, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to recreate the wheel every time you do the application because you you have it from something previous or yeah. you can build on it, right? Yeah, exactly. So I guess that's another way I've gotten better at things is just using previous uh, content I already have. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to recreate the wheel for every single thing. Um, and then, yeah, just keeping a calendar of everything is the biggest because I mean, anytime I find a grant that comes across like my social media page, my email, something like that, I create a reminder in my calendar for mm-hmm. that, even if it's like a full year out. And I think that has been the biggest thing yeah. is just keeping Keeping myself organized. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. So highly recommend that. (laughs) Do you have any tips for anyone that might not have a full-time grant manager, but, you know, maybe has a couple of hats on and they're trying to manage some of this stuff? Do you have any tips for them? Yeah. I mean, I think keeping track of content that you've already created would be huge Mm -hmm. because you just don't have the time. So I think anyone working on grants should keep a master document about you know, those common section of sections of the mm-hmm. grant. So what are your programs? What's your background? What's your mission? Um, how do you find other funding? Things like that that mm-hmm. come across every single time. And even like research as like, what is the research behind why you do this? Mm-hmm. Um, all of those kind of things, keeping that in a document, I think is huge. And then for those smaller organizations, just looking at, your volunteer base and who has the time and talent to kind of help us with grants, whether that's teaching you more Mm -hmm. or actually helping you apply for those grants. Mm -hmm. I think those would probably be my biggest tips. Yeah. And that kind of circles back to making sure we collect the information from our volunteers and board members and, you know, anyone that we Mm -hmm. might come into contact with about their skills and talents and where they work and that kind of thing, you know, because, someone might come volunteer for your organization that has an incredible skill and would be willing to donate their time in a different way for something like that. So yeah, yeah, that's good. All right. Well, thank you for meeting with me, Lucy. I appreciate it. I just know this topic has come up a lot in, you know, some of the different Facebook groups we've been in and just kind of the, the, the difficult journey of finding opportunities. And I think you gave us a lot of really good tips today. So I'm going to link a whole bunch of stuff that we talked about in the show notes. So head over there. Um, I'll also put it in our Not Just a Pony Ride Facebook group. So if you're not a member of that, run over there and I will get you guys plugged in with all the right stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks, Lucy. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to another episode. 
Until the next one launches, stay connected to our community by joining the Not Just a Pony Ride Facebook group. There, we share exclusive educational content, answer your questions, and review new and exciting developments for the EAS community. Don't forget, if you have suggestions for future episode topics or a lead on a great guest that you think our audience would enjoy, click on the link in the show notes or visit us at hetrauniversity.org. This podcast is presented by Hetra University, an educational arm of the Heartland Equine Therapeutic Writing Academy. Hetra University's mission is to provide high-quality educational offerings to our participants and the EAS community. If you'd like to help us work toward our mission, you can make a donation by visiting us online at hetra.org. Again, I can't thank you all enough for helping Hetra change lives one stride at a time.